0: Nick Musto, we're sitting at the same table today. I know, it's a great change of pace. I love it. How funny is that? Welcome, folks, to the Me Fantasy Football Podcast. This is our fourth episode. This morning, we broke down the Buffalo Bills. Check it out. It's on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. What are we going to talk about today, Nick?
1: We're going to be talking about our undervalued receivers who we think is being drafted too high or uh, not high enough <laughs> in fantasy football drafts this year.
0: That is right, not high enough. Nick, what's your shirt say for those just listening? Uh, so it says Got Ben and then the back
1: says We Got Ben. <laughs> Darn to a very cool shirt um brought to you by NASA 570 local vintage store in Lock Haven, Pennsylvania. And I'm a big, big Ben fan, big Steelers fan. And soon we'll make sure we have a terrible towel dangling above our heads. But I'll keep my bias out of the podcast.
0: He'll try his best. I can't even have a football conversation with this kid while we're working. He'll tell me Deontay Johnson is the best receiver in the league. And I just sit there with open hands, frustrated as all can be. I can find stats that would back that claim up. but Uh, Bring him here, and then we'll (laughs) talk about it right here. All right, let's dig in. Who – Who's your first underrated receiver you'd like to mention?
1: So I've got five guys on my list, and I'm going to start with Russell Gage. Um, I'm starting with him because I think that he is the biggest reach. Um, he's had a team switch this offseason. He's now in Tampa Bay. Um, he was in uh, Atlanta for a while. He was in um, Chicago for a bit before that. I didn't know
0: that.
1: Yeah, and in Atlanta, he had a, um, he had some opportunities that he's going to be presented with this year, very similar opportunities. Um, due to Julio injuries and Calvin Ridley missing the majority of the season, Russell Gage was expected to be that guy and step up into that offense. However, it's really hard to be that guy without exceptional skill on an offense that just lacks the supporting roles to really help you excel in your position. What's he being drafted at? Uh, he's a wide receiver 51 right oh, now. Shit. Yeah. Consensus. That's great.
0: That's great value for him.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that he should be, be, be getting drafted a little bit higher, maybe fourth round, fifth round guy, but sixth round fourth is...
0: Fourth round, fifth round, like wide receiver 40 or...
1: I could see end of fourth round, beginning of fifth round. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. I, if he's going to be the Chris Godwin role for about half a the season, fine. then I could see that. I mean, he's got Tom Brady and Tom Brady's just great at making anyone effective in fantasy. Um, Godwin, there's not much information on, out on him right now, but the typical 11 and a half month, recovery period for an ACL tear would put him at coming back around the middle of
0: the season next year. He tours MCL too. That's a, yeah. that's a really yeah. hard surgery um, between ACL and MCL combined. You get a longer recovery timetable for that. So it'll be interesting to see how long he's out. Um, and Godwin
1: is, has left the team with a 22% target share that'll need to be filled. And without Antonio Brown as well, I could see Russell Gage kind of taking on a hybrid role of both of those guys' responsibilities. Um, And 22% target share just from Godwin leaves a lot of passes that need to be caught, and Russell Gage is the next guy up.
0: Yeah, and Antonio Brown, when Godwin and Mike Evans, all three of them were in the offense, AB was still a top-20 receiver week in, week out. So it's it's not that crazy to think that Russell Gage and Michael Evans – and, wow, I just called him Michael. Michael. And, Evans. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, one. Michael and Mike <laughs> Evans and exactly. Chris Godwin. All of them can be fed in this offense. The Bucs are one of the highest passing offenses in the league. And that's not going to change in the next year.
1: You want to start us up Yeah,
0: your, I, I want to start with my first guy I'd like to mention. He is going to be a league winner this year. David Bell. Third round pick. Out of Purdue, he was an All-American last year in college. He lands in Cleveland, a very interesting and intriguing spot. Their coaching staff is just fawning all over him. Reports on their wide receivers coach saying he's going to be the starting slot this year. Kevin Stefanski is impressed with David Bell so far. And what is stopping him from being the team leader in receptions and targets? I've got a rebuttal
1: for that, and it's Amari Cooper. Um, I think, yeah, David Bell's definitely a starter. He's definitely maybe a 1B, maybe a two, but I don't think he's the 1A or the one in that offense with Amari Cooper. He's the veteran, he's still young, he's still got juice. I think he's going into his eighth season. Eighth season, yep. yeah. Deshaun Watson could really make Amari Cooper take that next step, I think. Even though he's late in his career, he's still got time to be that guy. I don't see a rookie
0: taking that from him yet. So who's D-Hop and who's Will Fuller in this offense? Because both were valuable in Houston together. Same with Brandon Cooks when it was him and D-Hop. So I think there's plenty of room for both of them to get 100-plus targets. I think Bell's going to be a league winner. He's being drafted at wide receiver 75 right now. He's replacing Jarvis Landry, who uh, averaged over 120 targets per season in his four-year stint at Cleveland. Bell has really sturdy hands. He's a precise route runner. He averaged eight catches over 100 yards and 0.8 touchdowns per game through a three-year career in the Big Ten on a shitty Purdue team. He's an under-the-radar star. If he didn't run a 4 7 he would have been the number one receiver off the board this year. That's my hot take for the day. Uh, how about we move on to Drake London? Um, he's Another being referee.
1: drafted as the wide receiver 35 right now. Um, there's plenty of arguments being made against Drake London and his ability to perform this year because he went to an Atlanta team who just lost their – Debatably Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm personally not going to put him there, but there's talk about it. Matty Ice is a Hall of Famer. Um, but yeah, Mariota's at the, the head of the helm now. I, I, I don't see how Mariota can really sustain Pitts and uh, London. However, there is a world where it happens. This team's going to be in game scripts that force a lot of passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to Mariota's credit, he's never really had a good receiver on his team. When he was in Tennessee, He had his best receiver was Rashard Matthews. He finished wide receiver 21, I think, in 2016. Yep. And I think that Drake London is already coming out of college a better receiver than Rashard Matthews. And having Pitts already taking a lot of attention from defenses, I think Drake London will have a little bit of room to operate in the secondary. Um, He's 6'5", 210, and Mariota not being the most accurate quarterback is – he doesn't need to be. He's 6'5", 210. He can get a ball that's a little bit errant, not
0: directly placed in the bread basket. I think his wingspan is 6'7", so talk about a large yeah. catch radius, uh, big target to paint the picture with.
1: And if he's going to be filling that Calvin Ridley rule this year, um, just that role in the offense, receiving a ton of targets, Mariota has to throw to someone. And it's going to be Pitts, and it's going to be London. And I don't think it's an understatement to see 120 targets fall mm-hmm. towards London. I think that's a good number. Um, a lot of rookie receivers. Who else are they going to throw to? Yeah, yeah.
0: Olomide. Yeah, I don't, yeah exactly. Uh, Tajay Sharp. Don't forget the yeah. perennial powerhouse veteran receiver. Sharp and Dante Pettis. Some scary names to consider. Oh. What, what's he being drafted at? Wide receiver 35. Yeah do you think what would in the range of his outcomes where do you most predictably lump him into see
1: I I don't know if I would take him higher than wide receiver 35 but I would do so knowing that there could he could finish top 20 top 15 pretty easily I think and but I, I wouldn't take that risk on a rookie on a bad team I wouldn't draft him higher than 35 but I would think Compared to the other guys in that area, I, I would consider taking London.
0: Yeah, I would love him as my wide receiver three. High upside, double-digit touchdown potential. Well, I don't know. I don't even know if Atlanta's going to score 10 touchdowns <laughs> this year. But he he presents that opportunity in the red zone. He's a jump ball guy. He makes a lot of 50-50 catches look like 80-20. Uh, I'm going to talk about my next guy, another undervalued receiver outside the top 50, going out wide receiver 52, and that is the number one target in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard. Again, he's going out wide receiver 52. Green Bay, if he's the guy that's going to be fed by Aaron Rodgers, he's got top 20 potential. I understand his name doesn't, his, his value doesn't go in line with Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, all the late, great Green Bay receivers. But listen, he's a top target. In 2021, he was the only receiver with 40 plus targets. He had 60 on the year, and 20 percent of his receptions going for touchdowns. He finished with eight touchdowns. He's six foot five. He's got really good body control. He's going to be the go-to guy. He his stiffest competition is rookie Christian Watson, who is the next Dante Moncrief level bust. And who else? Sammy Watkins. Like we aren't in 2015 anymore. It's Alan Lazard's time to step up as a wide receiver one. I do think as a whole, Green Bay's offense is going to be lackluster this year. I'd say middle of the road. I mean, Roger's talent is only going to get them so far. I, uh, I think that the Lazard argument
1: is, is valid. There's, there's, Aaron Rodgers is very good at making someone a good receiver. Um, Jordy Nelson wasn't a good receiver on the Raiders when when he was there. Um, And I don't know if Devon. I mean, I'm sure Devontae Adams will excel with Derek Carr, but I would expect Alan Lazard to really step up this year as well. I think that Christian Watson could make an impact, but I don't see him
0: really dominating anything. I I don't think he's going to make an impact. Listen to this. Marquez Valdez scantily had the best Rookie receiver for any rookie receiver with Aaron Rodgers, his stat line of 38 catches, 581 yards, and two touchdowns wouldn't make it in the deepest formats of leagues. He was Lazard was a wide receiver two last year. He had over 500 yards, and there's 224 targets missing between Devante Adams and MVS. So who's going to get them? Oh, another little fun fact to throw Alan Lazard's name up there with elite competition in, in an elite category. He ranks six among re- receivers with 2.38 fantasy points per target in 2021. I like that number. Yeah, that's a good number. Who's your third guy?
1: Uh Sky Moore. He's being drafted as a wide receiver 52. Another rookie here. Um Whoa. I, right I'm right on liking my rookies this year. It's they must have 52 we round down. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Um so Juju is the other receiver notable on the off in, in Kansas City right now. He's been injured the past two seasons on and off the field. But three years ago when he was healthy, he didn't really produce. He wasn't he wasn't performing at the level that the Steelers expected him to. Um, they, they were content with letting go of A-B and to having Juju take that role as our wide receiver one, and he showed that he wasn't able to do it. Powered you big ben and the steelers, steelers the steelers wide receiver one sorry no bias here um however in the same time period deontay johnson was able to perform uh that when big ben was quarterback and everybody was hating on big ben and juju just wasn't so does that point towards big ben being the problem or juju being the problem i think it's TikTok um, was a problem it's TikTok might have been a problem but uh, with Tyreek Hill leaving the Chiefs, there's massive target share open. I think, yeah, Tyreek had 25% target share in his career at the Chiefs, um, excluding his first season, which uh, he was just slowly integrated into the offense. Um, so yeah, the competition is going to be between Sky Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, Sky Moore needs is the vertical threat. Uh, he's six, uh, 34 inch vertical, um, 4 440. He can get down the field. Juju's not really that guy. Um, he was about six yards per target was his average at the Steelers. Um, and Sky Moore in college had a 13.6 yard per target his senior year. So I think that Sky Moore is going to fill that Tyreek role. Tyreek always got down the field. And I think that that is, that falls into Sky Moore's wheelhouse. Um, and he'll fill part of that 25% target share that is being voided because of Tyreek's trade.
0: I really like Sky Moore. He comes from a smaller school in Western Michigan. He was uber productive. But one thing that Andy Reid noted in a couple of press conferences was even though Sky Moore is only 5'10", 190 pounds, he's super solid. He's really well put together. He really runs physical, strong. He has really big and strong hands. So when I hear that sort of praise from the head coach, I get excited. I don't always... Uh, automatically assume those guys are going to take a step forward. When you hear that in an offense with a lot of uncertainty heading into next year with their receiving core, it's just all the more reason to take him as your. Again, he's going at wide receiver fifty-two. If he's your wide receiver four or five, it he has the upside to be in that top twenty-five finish his rookie year. So, yeah, I'm I'm all
1: aboard Sky Moore. And I think me Cole, everybody's always expected Nico Hardman to take that next step, and he just can't. He's never had a season over 700 yards in Kansas City, and he's got the best quarterback in the league throwing him the ball. So that just speaks to his inability.
0: A soft woman. Yeah. You know. <laughs> All right, uh, my third receiver I want to mention is I feel like he finds his way into this conversation year in, year out. That's Robert Woods. He's being drafted at wide receiver 45. He is 30. He is coming off of an ACL injury. He suffered in week 10 of last year. And he's in a new offense in Tennessee instead of Los Angeles. But he was a wide receiver 17 before last year. It's not like he's fallen off a cliff due to old age. He still has it. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what
1: he does after his injury. He's, he is getting a little old. And then the ACL injury combined with that,
0: it makes you wonder. But yeah. – but, All right, so his last three years, 2018, finished as, well, excuse me, four four years ago, 2018, finished as wide receiver 11, 2019, wide receiver 14, 2020, wide receiver 17, or 13, excuse me. And as we mentioned before, in 2021, he was on pace to finish at wide receiver 17. So he's been one of the better fantasy receivers for the last five years. He thrives off of a complementary player. He's not an assertive alpha wide receiver one. It's been evident with Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks while at LA. He he really likes having the attention diverted or at least split in between another complementary receiver. And that's why I think Traylon Burks is. They drafted him in the first round. Um, Austin Hooper's Burks and Austin Hooper, they're both new in this offense too. Um, Woods is the most experienced and stable out of those three Ryan Tannehill has to throw to somebody and they have to throw it a little bit more than they did last year. They can't be handed the ball off 28 times with Derrick Henry and expect he's going to stay healthy. He will end up breaking both of his feet. I mean, you think that's a 250 pound man running getting hit? And, yeah, exactly. He's not going to stay healthy. So they're going to have to help him out somehow. And in 2020 Tannehill supported both AJ Brown and Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. AJB finished at wide receiver nine, Davis at wide receiver 29. Even if I don't think Burks or Woods are as assertive as AJ Brown is, not even close to it. So if they both finish right outside the wide receiver 20 spot, you're going to get good value. I mean, again, he's going at wide receiver 45. In some formats, he's not going until the 12th round, 13th round. And just to put it in perspective, Traylon Burks is going at wide receiver 33, 12 spots ahead of Robert Woods. I don't think he outpaces Woods in targets this year. I think he's the number one receiver there and he will be healthy by season start. And you won't really you won't see big games
1: out of Bobby Trees. Nope. He's a uh, he's not going to put you up a stat line that's absurd like 10 for 202. He's not that kind of it's guy. Like 7 for 75. Yep. So, and maybe he finds the end zone. He's would, just going to get you consistent 15 points every week, and you can rely on that. That's
0: what he was averaging last yeah. year before he got hurt. I would love him out my flex. Yeah. Who do you got?
1: I have Devontae Smith, uh, wide Sir. receiver 34 off the board. Um, he's being very undervalued this year because of A.J. Brown and that trade that happened on draft day. Um, however, I don't, I don't see a world where Devontae Smith becomes relevant. Jalen Hurts improved towards the end of last season. He was throwing the ball a little bit more. Devontae Smith had two 22-point weeks back to back in like week I think it was week 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. Um and he averaged last year 8.8 yards per target, which is above the league average um which is 7.8. And yeah, his 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 ability his skill showed in spurts throughout the season. It wasn't a consistent year for him. Um, and it was probably overlooked because of what Waddle and Chase were able to do in their rookie years. Um, but I don't think it should be overlooked. I think Devontae Smith showed promise. And I think this year and year two, he'll look to take that jump. Um, last year, he was the only receiver on that team that really offered any help to Jalen Hurts. And I think the addition of A.J. Brown actually helps Devontae. Um, He won't be facing the number one coverage on the defense every single uh, route he runs. He'll be able to take that second guy and hopefully find a little more space in the secondary uh, because A.J. Brown will draw so much attention as well. And I think, again, just like I said with uh, Drake London, I wouldn't draft him higher than his ADP,
0: but I would expect something. You would? I would. I draft, like, again, it's a a 1A, 1B situation. I think Brown's going to probably play closer to the line of scrimmage He's a little thicker, a little sturdier. Can bounce off defenders. Can be that crossing receiver. But Smitty's going to be the deep threat, of the splash play guy. I, I don't think he finishes lower than what he did last year at wide receiver twenty-nine.
1: Yeah, and second-year receivers they have a history of really taking a leap in year in their second year Captain or possibly year three. Yeah, T. Higgins for example last year, uh, well two years ago he. Um, had about uh, 936 yards, and then in his second year last year, he had 1,091, so he jumped 150 yards, um, and he was injured a few games last that year. That was
0: only off of two more targets
1: yeah. year over year. Yep, and his yards per target went up from 8 to 10 as well. So I would expect it to see an increase in Devontae Smith. I think all signs point towards a better season this year.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the, the question isn't can Jalen Hurts support both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, well, it kind of is, but it, it's more so how often is Philly going to pass it? They ranked bottom for about a pass percentage um, last year in their offense. So it, it's going to be interesting to see just how often they throw it and how many looks Smitty gets. I think he's a big splash play player that's, that's going to scrap together some points. Yep. I am going to choose to talk about Darnell Mooney now. I love Darnell. Mooney to the motherfucking moon, am I right?
1: I agree. I think that he's he's poised to have a great season this year.
0: Yeah, he's entering his third year. He's being drafted out wide receiver 29 last year. He finished at wide receiver 23. He had 140 targets in the wake of Allen Robinson shitting his pants and going to the bathroom all season long to change his underwear. He had over 80 catches, 81 to be precise, over a thousand yards, only four touchdowns. So that's probably like the knock on Darnell is he's, he doesn't have that high of a ceiling because he isn't a big red zone threat because Chicago is piss poor and they're not going to get in the red zone much to begin with. He will have to score his touchdown by simply catching and running for a long time. So that's a knock on him, but He's as solid as can be for a wide receiver. I would love him as my wide receiver, too. From week 13, actually, excuse me, from week nine on, he was a wide receiver 13, averaging over 15 points per game. In games without Allen Robinson last year, he averaged 9.4 targets per game compared to 7.8 with A-Rob. Even though A-Rob didn't do anything, that's still almost two targets more that Darnell Mooney is going to see without him in the fold. And look at his competition. Another guy, a lot of these guys on the list, Alan Lazard, um, Robert Woods even, just to name a few, they're being underdrafted even though they have no competition in their receiving room. Darnell Mooney, same deal. He has Byron Pringle like, and then Velas Jones. I think that he
1: would have had a much better year last year too if it weren't for, for one, Matt Nagy. He's a cancer. Um, to football he knows how to ruin a team yeah he does and I also think that just the quarterback room was not there wasn't much of a of a camaraderie there it was it was Andy Dalton fighting for his spot and it was Justin Fields fighting for his spot and I I remember seeing some uh, a quote from Andy Dalton saying that this was his team so when you say that in your quarterback room there's there you don't mold well with your receivers Uh, then when they throw Justin Fields into the starting lineup it's, it just creates a whole game. lot of, yeah, kinks in the chain, and it's just not good for the team.
0: I was wrong on this earlier. I said Tajay Sharp and Dante Pettis were on the Falcons. No, they're just on another shit show yeah, team. They they're on Chicago Bears, so excuse me about that earlier. Tajay Sharp and Dante Pettis are among the other competition for Darnell Mooney. Ooh, he's shaking in his boots, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, Cole Komet. David Montgomery were the only other returning players with more than 25 targets on the year last year. Chicago's going to be losing a lot. Like they might not win a game this year. They're that bad. Justin Fields is entering his second year. He's going to need a safety net to throw to often. Those two guys are going to be Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. Listen, if he had 140 targets last year, I think he could s- see 150 plus he could be even a guy that's in contention for leading the league in targets that's the amount of volume he's going to receive in this offense last year 26.7 target share bears through the ball 542 times i want all of that
1: yeah um how about we move on to adam thielen my last guy i think that this episode and cat uh captures or is captured completely by Adam Thielen. Epitome. He is, yeah, the epitome of an undervalued receiver. Um, he's going as a wide receiver 32 this year. Um, people are scared of him. He's getting older. Um, I think he's what, 31 or yeah, 31. Yeah, um so. yeah, he's got Justin Jefferson on his team clearly. I I I would say the best receiver in the league right now, but it's debatable. There's a couple guys that you could throw at the number one spot. I'm but yeah, I love Justin Jefferson. And I love Cooper Cup and I had him last year. We both did. Yeah, we were both Cooper Cup owners, different leagues, and we reaped his benefits and we loved it. Um so yeah, I I, I get the worry for Adam Thielen. I mean, I can understand the logic, but do I agree with it? Not at all. He's he's people are worried about him being touchdown dependent quarterbacks pick a guy to throw to in the red zone. There's guys that are great at creating that inch of separation and turning their head and just grabbing the ball immediately strong hands. It, yeah. It takes a connection with your quarterback. And Adam Thielen has that with Kirk cousins in the red zone. Um, Colin found a great stat. Um, Adam Thielen's present of targets resulting in a touchdown in 2019 was 12 and a half percent. 2020 was 13% and 2021 was 10 and a half percent. So that basically means if you throw the ball to this guy 10 times, one of them will be a touchdown. At the bare and, minimum. Yeah, at the Mike, bare minimum. Mike, Michael, Michael Evans is the only other guy in Michael the Michael Evans. I think we gotta call him range. that all the time now. Yep. And yeah, Justin Jefferson's gonna continue to rack up tons of yards. He's he's that guy. He can be a splash play guy, he can be a short field guy. He he really is a complete receiver. But Thielen had a 21% target share in the last three years average. Um, in a very pass-heavy offense, they've leaned more on the pass in recent years, than they have the run. And no knock on Dalvin Cook, but it's it's a pat, it's a, it's a it's a quarterback league these days. Um, they're going to keep passing the ball, especially when you got two great receivers. And that twenty one percent target share isn't going anywhere. Interestingly enough, Thielen had zero drop passes last wow. year, which was tied for first in the league. I I forget who it might have been Devont. I lock it, Lockett, Devont, I think, at
0: zero. I don't I'm know. Not gonna,
1: drop data is always different. Yeah, it's skewed. It's it's really up to um, up to opinion, pretty much. Like pretty what much. is what is a drop? And I think that being drafted at 32, um, he could finish top 15 with his touchdown upside. That connection with Kirk Cousins, I don't think it's out of question.
0: Yeah, I think he was he could have been easily on pace for a top 15, 20 finished last year. He only played in 13 games and had 10 touchdowns. The guy's just a scoring machine, and he's shown that ever since he had Stefan Diggs as his alpha one over top of him. Now it's Justin Jefferson. Same story as Thielen's going to score a lot, and he's very undervalued at wide receiver 32. I would love him as my second receiver, especially since Minnesota. They bring in a new head coach. Mike Zimmer's gone out with the old in with the new. We got Kevin O'Connell who was the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams over the last couple of years, he supposedly wants to run four wide receiver sets and that's all the reason to avoid Dalvin cook, but it's all the more reason to target guys like Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson.
1: Also not mention this podcast is tight ends, but Herb Smith, I think he's going to be a great tight end this year, considering what Colin just said. It's going to be a, they're going to spread the field and Herb Smith as he is a capable tight end, just been injured.
0: I don't even like, I haven't seen him on the field yet. So I'll I'll believe it when I see it with him. My last guy, another, you know how David Bell was a league winner. This guy might not be a league winner because he doesn't have that high of a ceiling, but he's going to outperform his ADP by 40 plus points this year. That is Jamison Crowder. He's going at wide receiver 72 and he is the starting slot for Buffalo this year. Buffalo goes from one old veteran slot player to another. Cole Beasley out with the old, in with the new. Now Jamison Crowder is that starting slot. And we just did our Buffalo Bills recap. And in that research, we found that Buffalo, they consistently have a 17 to 20% target share to their slot. Starting slot, that is. Fun fact, Cole Beasley and Jamison Crowder both arrived in Buffalo in their eighth year of their career. Beasley had zero 100 target seasons prior to that. Jamison Crowder has two already. And Beasley was three for three in his time here. That's, that volume's not going to go away. Jamison Crowder is still a capable veteran slot. He's going to see well over 100 targets, probably closer to 120 than 100. And he's got a really high catch rate being in the slot. And Isaiah McKenzie is still the backup for the slot. And he doesn't get the ball thrown to him. He's more of a... Return man specialist, less than five percent target shares. So Crowder is going to be on the field quite a bit. I I just can't express that wide receiver seventy two. You're going to get a guy with eighty plus catches on the year and over eight hundred yards. I completely agree. I can definitely see him in my flex
1: position. Um, I think that offense has two other great receivers this year. Obviously, Diggs and Gabe Davis. I I know some people are low on him, think he's a little bit overvalued, but I I think he's going to have a great season uh, as the josh allen's second option um but yeah jameson crowder could definitely perform in the slot the slot is one of josh allen's favorite targets um he's they use the slot on third down quite often those short yard mm-hmm. pickups and uh, jameson crowder excels there so yeah
0: buffalo is such a high powered offense this year too um touchdowns are going to be scored left and right crowder's probably going to get on the end of one of them here and there so it, I, there's no reason to avoid Jameson Crowder as your wide receiver five. He's got flex potential, as Cole Beasley did over the past three years. Beasley finished on average at wide receiver 32 during his stint at Buffalo. I think Crowder finishes right around there. We projected him to score and half points per game in full PPR format. That's That's somebody I want on my bench that I can insert when I have a starter go down and expect his best effort i going to scrape together some points and give me a shot to win. Those are our list of most undervalued receivers. It'll be interesting to see which ones become undervalued closer to draft day.
1: And things could change barring injuries um, like Russell Gage, for example. What if Chris Godwin does the impossible and comes back um, and is ready to play fully healthy right before the season starts? Russell Gage, I'm not really going to touch him
0: if I, I if I can. You will? A wide receiver, 51. I mean, AB was on pace to be, what, top 25 receiver? He's no AB. That's what what I'm trying to say. He could catch six, seven balls a game, though.
1: What I'm saying, though, is things can change. Injuries, uh, updates, they all happen. We're four months from the season still. We got a lot of time.
0: David Bell, remember? Remember, David Bell is the alpha dog wide receiver one in Cleveland. David Bell will outpace Cooper in targets and receptions this year. We'll see. Put a prop bet on that one. Uh, what's, your, what's your hottest take you got? My hottest take yeah, from with what we've your, talked well, about? With your group. Oh, boy.
1: Um, I think Sky Moore, because he's a rookie on an offense that just got Juju. I think that would be my hottest take. None of my takes were necessarily, like, out of this That's world. True. Yeah, they were, yeah. Um, I would say Sky Moore being, I think that he could finish a top 15 receiver in his rookie year and. He's being drafted at fifty-two, so I guess that's a pretty hot take. Thirty-seven. I want to do
0: a hot take for you guys too. Smitty is going to outscore AJ Brown this year. He will be the wide receiver one in Philadelphia. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Me too. I love Devontae Smith, but um, yeah, we'll see. All right, we're gonna wrap this up. Thanks for listening, guys. I I really enjoy being in person. Together. Yeah, it feels a lot better. It runs better. It's smoother. Um, again, up Zoom. Follow us at. On Twitter, at Wagney Fantasy.
1: TikTok? Yep, we, get, we do have a TikTok, at Wagney Fantasy. I will be uploading our first video this week. Uh, be Sweet. sure to check it out. Follow. We'll keep you updated on everything you need to
0: know in the fantasy football world. I don't do that TikTok shit. It, I got it. It melts your brain. So thank you, Nick, for <laughs> manhandling that. I'm Nick. taking
1: long for the team. My brain's being melted. You
0: can also read any blog content. we got a lot of good stuff on there. At our website, www.wagmeyfantasy.com. If you want to go straight to the blog site, www.wagmyfantasy.com backslash blog backslash. There we go, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.